your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your first episode of the year, 2022. I wish you all a great 2022. This is also the final LaShawn Daniels postgame recap of the 2021 season. So it's our last episode of LaShawn of this season, first episode of the year, 2022. We're really excited for the show. Uh, I wish it was under under better circumstances, but nevertheless, we are here. I also want to thank you for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find us wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. The year 2021 may not have been great for the world, but it was great for the show. We crushed a lot of records. And I really appreciate everyone uh, tuning in every single Monday through Friday. Also, this episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before. Wow, tough to get through that one. Never before was Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. All right, let's get into it. LaShawn, first, before we get into it, uh, it's a pleasure to have you back. It's been a month since we last chatted. How have you been? Uh, how has your family been? How has the holidays been? All that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. I mean, it's been good. Uh, you know, I've been able to spend um, some pretty good time with family, thankfully. Um, you know, no one, uh, got COVID or anything like that, which has been, which has been a blessing. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Been able to spend more time with everyone. Um, so that's been, so that's been fun. And then, you know, with the new year here, um, it's always exciting, um, for a new year. Just, I mean, it's not necessarily a new slate, but it's a new slate. Right. And, um, you know, just really looking forward to 2022. That's for sure. I love it, man. Um, and as a, soon to be father talking to an already father uh how is christmas for you and how is new year's like do you actually do anything on new year's anymore or do you kind of just go to bed at like 9 p.m and know you're gonna wake up pretty early <laughs> uh so yeah new year's um you know i don't really not i was never a go out that much guy on a new year's yeah um so it's overrated know, I was, yeah i was always kind of at the i was always at the house anyway so like that doesn't that didn't really change um uh but christmas uh, is definitely i feel like it's, it's way more fun um with kids uh like especially like as you're an adult um because i mean it's almost like as you feel like like as you're getting older um you almost feel like that christmas magic i guess in a sense kind of just go away but then when you have um you know kids especially uh, my daughter since she's three years old like she's able to enjoy like the christmas festivities with like decorating the tree and opening presents and getting ready for Santa and all that jazz. So, which I feel like makes it a lot more fun. That's super cool. I will say like uh, my wife and I, this year we felt kind of like Scrooges. Like we just <laughs> like, Oh, we got presents for each other. It's all good. Like we put up the decorations, but it just like, didn't feel just, there was, there was like something missing, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that when, when the baby comes, we will hopefully get some of that holiday spirit back. I would mm -hmm. also agree with you. New year's, was never a, a fun time for me. It's always like every year I'm like something wasn't that fun. So we tried to like correct it the following year. And each year is like something else wasn't fun. Like when you're like, we don't like going out. So let's like get all dressed up and drink at the apartment all night. And we're like, well, that was boring too. Let's try something different. And so uh, finally this year, my wife and I just went to a distillery for an hour. We played some games. 
got mm-hmm. home, watched Criminal Minds, and went to sleep at yeah. like nine. Uh, it was <laughs> a great New Year's. I woke up yep. 6 a.m. feeling absolutely phenomenal the following day. Um, but people did not come here to listen to what I did for New Year's. Uh, I bet they care a lot more about what you did for New Year's and holidays than I did. Um, but nevertheless, let's, let's get into the football game because that was uh, quite an interesting matchup. We have a lot to cover about this game. Let's kind of let's start. Let's start work our way backwards. Um, Iowa decides to punt the football on fourth and inches, and there's a lot of uh, controversy kind of going back and forth of what Iowa should have done. You're on your 40. You could have done a quarterback sneak, which most of the year has worked, save for twice, including in this game where uh, there was some interesting uh, things happening, extracurricular activities. It sounds like before the snap actually happened. Do you? Do you punt that ball or do you go for it on fourth and inches at the 40? Uh, I was going for it. <laughs> no hesitation whatsoever. I mean, I was going for it um, just because, I mean, I felt like at that point in time in the game, I mean, I felt like offensive line had really established some really, really good momentum at that point. Um, you know, the running backs were running really hard with the football. Um, and I mean, it's an inch. I feel like, I mean, I feel like if you can't get, you know, a few inches to win a football game, you know, you probably shouldn't win the football game. That's kind of, that's my philosophy as a guy that's, that is a running back and that comes from an offensive line family. Like, it's like, you know, I feel like, like if you can't get those, those few inches, like you probably don't deserve to win the football game. Um, And, you know, I just felt like, we had momentum, some really good momentum at that point. And I feel like punting the ball away um, was kind of just like, oh, we're just going to like lean on the defense, um, you know, again, and hopefully that they get a stop um, instead of just, hey, let's just go out here and let's just win the football game right now. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I, I can see where Kirk is coming from. The entire year he has relied on that defense and in mm-hmm. the entire year they came through. But – something's got to give at some point that defense cannot hold up forever. And as we saw, they didn't hold up Wondell Robinson, who is a phenomenal player, a fantastic athlete. Um, Iowa seemingly had some tackling issues on that one play versus Wondell. We get there. We stopped them at the one. I, I don't know what you want. I mean, uh, I think knowing that they were going to score a touchdown, maybe you would hope that they would have just scored on that Wondell play, but nevertheless, you can't kind of do that kind of stuff. Um, the next play, Iowa stops him in the – I mean, they get a they get a false start. They stop him in the backfield, but they break out of Zach Valkenburst's tackle, gets a touchdown. I mean, just it was just such a, a bad couple of plays for the Hawks. Um, missed tackles has been something we've talked about every single show. Uh, they had one of their worst tackling performances of the year yesterday, so very frustrating. Um, going back to that fourth and, fourth and inches play, uh, Kentucky was very much – ready for that quarterback sneak. They they had everyone right there. My thought was maybe you do something a little bit different. Maybe you fake either a fullback dive or a sneak and you just quick toss and, and hope Gavin just rams over someone to get a couple inches. What would have been your play call, Matt? Yeah, I mean, um obviously yeah they were they were ready for anything like inside um you know really from you know both guards and right I mean they were ready. I mean there was probably like you know, six plus guys like in that area alone. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would have been a tough, tough get for sure. Um, but 
I don't know, knowing where our strength in the offensive line is, right? Going best on best um, at this point in time. But granted, Tyler Winterbaum was out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also understand, you know, you know, not wanting to go inside um, right there at that point in time. But, yeah, I mean, you probably could have done, um, you know, a quick toss on the outside. Or, you know, you could have even – I mean, it's six, it's six inches, right? I mean, you got a giant quarterback – Right. You know, you got an offensive line that's been playing well. You know, you still probably could have sneaked it as well. Um, there was also a play, I think it's an NFL game, might have been last week or a couple of weeks ago, where it was like a short yardage play like that. And it's almost like the quarterback like ran like practically like a speed option, just took it from right from under center and they just ran it like to the tackle. Quarterback pitched it. It was an easy conversion um, like that. So, but something, um, something, you want to run a speed anything. option with Spencer features? No, man? It, it, it was, it wasn't even, it wasn't even with like an athletic quarterback. I think it was with like, I'm trying to think of the team that did it, but it wasn't with giving you crap. Yeah, no, I thought that's funny. <laughs> it wasn't even an athletic quarterback, which was, which was shocked me, um, as well, right? It was just, it was just an opportunity just to make an easy pitch, right? And yeah. allow, you know, a guy to go out on the edge and, um, get, get some, uh, opportunities for some yards. So, but really, yeah. they, I mean, I feel like they could have done, you know, virtually anything that they've ran up until this point in the season. And I would have been OK with it at that point in time um, on that play, just because, I mean, it was fourth and inches. Anything besides probably an outside zone play. And I would have been OK. With it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I will say a speed option would have been interesting as long as like the cornerbacks collapse on Spencer and he could get the pitch out cleanly. Mm-hmm. That could have been a honestly a very, very big play for me. Mm-hmm. It's just. You're playing for your season. What are you? What else are you playing for? Let's play to win the game and end the season. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Iowa fans could have been a lot more forgiving had Iowa gone for it and said, you know what? Let's put our money where our mouth is and get those yardage or get those mm-hmm. yards and let's just win this football game. Um, granted, Iowa fans would have been just as happy had Iowa won and they punted the ball. But again, right. hindsight's always 2020. They punt it. Kentucky scores it. We drive down the field. We're doing pretty well. And then Spencer makes a mistake. We're going to talk a little bit about that coming up in a few short moments. I do want to remind you that with the new year coming in, there's there's times for New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And it makes it easy to stick to your resolution because if you want something sweet, something chocolate, something delicious, you don't have to go grab a Snickers. You can grab yourself a Built Bar. It's a protein bar like unlike any other. It's not chalky, it's not waxy, and it doesn't taste like a chemical spill. It is truly delicious and healthy for you. Plus, all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Let me break down the nutritional value for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, only seven or 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozens of net carbs. It is literally the perfect option for you as you head into the new year. So right now, you're lucky enough to get a great promo code and a little discount from us. If you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, y'all, and thank you for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. All right, LaShawn, so Iowa doesn't get it. Kentucky does score. That final drive, Iowa was moving the ball pretty well. Kentucky has a nice time blitz. Uh, I 
I don't know what happened with Spencer there, but uh, just couldn't get the ball out, got hit a little bit. Um, so let's kind of let's start with Spencer now. Um, mm-hmm. What was your, how would you evaluate Spencer's performance in this game? Uh, I mean, it was okay, right? I mean, you know, completion percentage wise, right, was really well. Um, you know, right, you know, also through four touchdown. Um, so, you know, it wasn't the absolute worst possible performance a quarterback could have, which made it seem like if you didn't watch the game and you were just on Twitter, you'd probably think that. You thought he had but, the worst game ever. Yeah, you would you'd have thought he had the worst possible game a quarterback could ever have in the history of football. Um, but that being said, um, you know, I just felt like there was way too many plays that were, you know, left out on the field. Um, to be honest, I mean, interceptions aside, like I know there is a couple throws where guys are really pretty much wide open and, uh, you know, just flat out just missed them. Right. And, you know, knowing our offense and knowing the struggles that we have missing those those chances when you have them right in front of you, when guys are open and we do actually throw to an open guy and the guy that's not like double triple covered. Um, those are plays that you have to hit. And I feel like that's been something that not not only that we are in struggles, struggles with uh, yesterday, but also struggles really pretty much throughout the entire year, um, you know, really besides a few plays here and there. Yeah, I, I completely agree. To me, the frustrations I saw on Twitter yesterday were, were more a culmination of the entire season coming out and do one game. Um, when you look at his interceptions – the the hail mary at the end mm-hmm. fine uh that's an opportunity to get picked but like you're also hoping you get a touchdown iowa doesn't really have any guys on the roster right now that can go up and grab that we don't have a kyler casper desmond houston isn't there anymore i mean we don't have those guys that can go up and grab those kind of balls nico Reganey isn't that isn't gonna be that guy usually yeah. uh keegan johnson was out um with a non-covid related you know illness so kind of struggling there uh that first pick that that tip um it, it happens uh, lineman got his hands up um i looked like the ball was honestly going to be inaccurate but nevertheless it, the ball got tipped and that third interception uh probably his worst interception of the day but you're right they left a lot of plays on the table or a lot of um opportunities on the table a wide open backside pass and nico i mean you have to hit that you can't miss him by 15 yards that's yeah. that's unacceptable um and it's it's frustrating i think for iowa fans and for me, and I'm assuming you as well, I don't want to just automatically group you in there, but to see Iowa be so close and to feel like you know what the issue is and also know that it just isn't going to change. It doesn't seem like it's going to change. So I think yesterday was a lot of culmination of that. Um, for any fan out there that is, uh, I do want to say one thing. Please do not tweet at Spencer or be uh, rude or inappropriate about Spencer. Uh, we are here giving analysis of our thoughts on Spencer's performance, but that doesn't mean Spencer's a bad person. It doesn't mean he deserves any of this. He's doing something that none of us could probably do. Um, so I think anyone out there, if you're thinking about that, please don't, don't do that. So uh, that's my little soapbox there with, with Spencer. Do you think um, the leash is, is a little bit longer for Spencer? Cause I feel like against Nebraska Padilla got pulled in the first half after only getting three points, Spencer doesn't get pulled. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would that, that's probably that's fair. I would say that. I mean that, that's fair. Um 
yeah i mean i feel like that's fair i don't really have i guess too much to add there yeah uh i see i mean they the coaching staff offensive coaching staff you see really loves uh spencer being out there for some reason um again you know i'm not in the building throughout the week i'm not at practices i'm not um you know there from the day-to-day seeing kind of what went on um you know in spring ball preseason um ball camp and bowl prep like i mean i wasn't there so so for there's some reason why um that they really really like him um and so that's probably you know more reason why they gave him has like such a long leash um to make mistakes and miss throws um because i mean they must see a whole bunch of potential there or, or something um so yeah I, w- I would agree that he does have a have a longer leash because it I mean it did seem like when alex was in there that you know when he made a mistake it almost seemed like every single time it was like spencer was like being ready to go back in yeah which is never a good way to I, I just don't think they handled the quarterback situation very well this year. I, I think they did uh, a pretty below average job. Not not saying that they should be with Spencer, they should be with Alex, but just their overall mm-hmm. handling of the situation was just poor mm-hmm. um, all around, in my personal opinion. Let's talk about some happy stuff, though. Uh, the running back position, Tyler Goodson declares for the NFL draft. We've talked a lot about the running styles of Tyler Goodson versus some of the other guys. And in Iowa's scheme, it's almost more important to make sure you're at least getting positive yards. Right. And I feel mm-hmm. like too often Tyler was kind of a boomer bust guy. He might get that 10 or 15 yard play. He might turn a three yard loss into five yards, but I felt like there were too many times where it was, it was always a minus three or a minus two or a minus four yard play mm-hmm. um, with Gavin and LaShawn. I mean, they were running hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to, you know, for my, untrained non-running back scout eye i loved what i saw from gavin and lachon and it got me very excited for the mm-hmm. future with those two guys getting the ball what were your thoughts on gavin and lachon in this game yeah i mean yeah i mean the mid, mid, first thing i noticed was yeah i mean those guys run hard um downhill runners um you know especially like lachon i mean now he's, yeah. he was really trying to really trying to punish people um, at the end of <laughs> runs. lowering his shoulder as hard <laughs> as he could. <laughs> which is which is awesome, right? And I love yeah. to see that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, thought they did a really, really good job, you know, reading reading the holes, um, pressing the heels of the offensive linemen, and then being decisive with their cuts um, and getting, getting up field and, you know, really just keeping their eyes to the end zone and not looking really at anything else um, and – you know, would obviously try to run people over, get away them if they got on their path. But, you know, they weren't looking, you know, to necessarily bounce plays or try and create um, home run opportunities every single time they touch the ball, even though, right, as a running back, you expect to score every single time you touch the ball. But you're, you know that that's not going to happen. So, I mean, I thought they they ran really, really well. The offensive line was blocking extremely well, um, especially in that second half. Um when it came to running the football, especially on the inside run. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think the running back position is going to be just fine. Um, and I think, you know, these guys' styles, especially knowing how the offensive line is played this year, probably a little bit more beneficial to these guys um, in the success, success in the run game. Um, and, I know Tyler is a fantastic running back. Obviously, you know, one of the better running backs that we've had here. I mean, 
first team all big 10 last year and then mm-hmm. you know 1100 yard rusher right those guys just don't don't just grow on yeah. trees <laughs> um so so obviously some of the disrespect that i've seen about tyler over twitter and really like the past month has been a little bit ridiculous um because again i think he's going to be a really good um player in the nfl even if he doesn't go to day three right and then is a third down running back right i feel like um you know his skill set is the type of skill set that nfl teams are looking for yep that said that said i do feel like gavin and lishan's running style does benefit the iowa style a little bit more than tyler's yeah i I think that's a, a great way of saying it i mean um with iowa's offensive line this year there's gonna be a lot i mean there was a lot of guys getting just open looks at hitting tyler goodson so there's only so much you can do there. And it felt kind of like towards the end, he was trying to do so much. He couldn't do anything at all to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not that he's a, a bad running. I thought Tyler, you know, Tyler Goodson has made some amazing plays, but as you said, Gavin and LaShawn, they hit the hole. They ran hard. Uh, instead of getting minus two or three, they were getting zero or one because they're at least falling forward. So um, mm-hmm. both can be true, right? Tyler Goodson can be a very, very successful, very good running back in another scheme. Um, Gavin and LaShawn probably make the most sense right now. Before we get into more details about this offense and this defense, hey, Hawkeye fans, it is me, it's Andrew Wade, with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill out or fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE for college and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price to pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50% 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank today. That's SCORE. So get it in, get upside, get 50 cents per gallon of cash back. LaShawn, that sounds like a pretty nice deal to me. I'll take cash back on my <laughs> gas every single day. Yeah. Uh, that sounds pretty freaking awesome to me. Um, so we're, we're talking about the running backs. Wide receivers, I thought overall, nothing too crazy to say there. Sam Laporta, I thought, had a really good game, made some really nice catches. The offensive line, I thought blocked pretty well. Granted, Kentucky was without their top defensive end, uh, Josh Pascal. Um, but the offensive line, I thought, gave Spencer plenty of time. So I want to turn my attention to the defensive line. Uh, is there anything you saw from this defensive line that changed in this game? It felt like, A, they're bringing a few more blitzes that were that clearly either well-disguised or Kentucky just incapable of picking them up because we had a lot of blitzers running free. And I also felt like we got a lot of pressure on stunts. And then Zach Van Valkenburg had a great day. Between those three mm-hmm. things, uh, Will Levis, we were in the backfield all, all day. Anything else you saw about that or want to call out? Yeah, no, I mean – First off, you know, I do uh, give credit to Coach Parker for adding blitzes. I feel like he never blitzes. And yeah. yesterday, he was just letting them go, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, and, you know, I think uh, uh, Coach KB, um, you know, it got an opportunity to really work with a lot of these guys and get them a lot more reps in this bull prep time. And, I mean, 
the stunts did help. Um, but it also, you know, just guys winning one-on-ones on their blocks, which I thought was obviously a big, big part on, you know, getting their quarterback to feel uncomfortable back there and getting pressure and actually, you know, getting sacks and getting tackles for losses, which was obviously huge plays, right? I mean, when you have, you know, six sacks on the day and you have, I think, almost almost 10 tackles for losses, I mean, it means yeah. it really tells you that your D-line is really getting after it. Um, so that was great to see. And then, you know, again, Zach, you know, obviously having one of his better games as a as a college athlete, um, you know, with two sacks, two and a half tackles for losses. It's just fantastic just going out there and, you know, winning his one-on-ones um, and making plays when he had the opportunities uh, to do so. Yeah, I mean, what a way to go out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is his last game as an Iowa Hawkeye. I would say, you know what, Zach, you did a pretty darn good job in your last game. I think what's really what's really exciting about this defensive line is that the only guy we're losing as of right now is Zach Van Valkenburg. And that is a huge loss, but um, this is this is really the first year in the last four or five years where you could tell that Iowa has had to reload every single year. They've struggled at times, but these guys are going to get a bit older. They're going to get a little bit more knowledge and experience. And this defensive line could be a powerhouse next year and the year after. I also want to quickly call out Jamari Harris. I thought Jamari Harris played a very, very nice game. Only two catches allowed on six targets for 18 yards. Um, Thought he just played outstanding in this game. Uh, When you think about the secondary, uh, it's easy to focus on how good the starters have been. Riley, Matt, Jack, Kayvon. But uh, it's, it's easy to forget about how good the backups have been as well. Jamari is our fourth corner coming into the season. And Jamari held his own against a high powered Kentucky offense. That was one of the best in the sec. Uh, so very impressive from Jamari Harris. Anything else you want to call out on um, this Iowa defense before we kind of get into some of our questions? Yeah. I mean, uh, Jamari did a fantastic job yesterday. I mean, um, with you know, really like two play big plays, you know, back yeah. to back there. Uh, to really put Iowa in a position to win the football game. So uh, it's been nice to see his development um, throughout the season. And because I know, obviously, at the when he first started playing, everyone was a little, a little iffy, like a little eh on him. But, you know, eh, he's a Coach Parker, Coach uh, defensive back. So, you know, <laughs> just give it just give it time. And, you know, as we've seen, he's just getting better and better. And I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, how he – uh, really starts performing next year and, um, you know, following and see if he can uh, join that uh, long list of, you know, all Big Ten, you know, defensive backs coached by Coach Parker. So, yeah, um, I just watched Remember the Titans. And you, when you said, uh, just give it time, it reminded me of uh, Coach Boone's. I can't, it's like Novocaine, just give it time, always works. That's like what <laughs> I what I thought about it. That's the same way with Bill Parker's <laughs> secretary, though. Yeah. It just, uh, you put guys in and they just, Bam, turned out to be an all-Big Ten player. Bam, like, <laughs> Riley Moss, people were so upset about Riley Moss his freshman year. And now I think people are legitimately so sad that he's probably going to leave because he's put himself yeah. in a position to be a drafted cornerback after being a gray shirt. So it's pretty impressive mm-hmm. what Phil Parker has done. I want to call out two things. Uh, as we look at the secondary and the fact that we are probably losing Riley, we're probably we definitely losing Matt Hankins. He has no more eligibility. Jack mm-hmm. Kerner probably gone as well. I don't know what more you can accomplish at this level for him. That's at least three out of our five starters. Uh, Cooper DeGene in this game did get five snaps. 
Uh, Quinn Schulte, the backup free safety, did get five snaps. So a couple of guys, Sebastian Castro had two snaps at the slot cornerback spot. So there are some younger guys getting some playing time and, and guys that people have been very excited about. Plus you add X into that mix. Uh, the secondary is going to be, it's going to have its ups and downs next year, but it is going to be a very talented, uh, fun secondary to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think the springtime is going to be a very, very fun time when it comes to competition and as well as fall camp as well. And, you know, really seeing um, which guys really decide to step up and embrace the opportunity ahead of them, um, you know, to be a starter on, you know, Big Ten defense uh, like Iowa. So uh, it's, it's definitely exciting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, how that ends up shaping out. Yeah. And I think when you look at this season, Iowa had a pretty, their schedule is very interesting and conducive to putting together a very good season, but they had a lot of, like, there's a lot of younger guys, a lot of guys getting some of their first key, key reps. And this next year, they have a lot of guys returning. There's an opportunity next year, granted a hard schedule for Iowa to put together an even more impressive season. All right, y'all, that's going to actually do it for our show today. Uh, you can check out the YouTube video of this uh, whole entire conversation. It was about an hour long. Uh, so on YouTube, you can get the full hour right now. Um, we're going to be releasing the second piece of this, which is more geared on the future of Iowa football and getting to a lot of your fan questions. Uh, we're going to be covering that. It should be dropping either Tuesday or Wednesday at this point, um, more than likely going to be on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. I do appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. If you want some betting advice, I would highly recommend you check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They do a great job of breaking down three to four games each and every day right there on the Locked On Bets podcast. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic day and even better week. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.